0: It's the Skinny Podcast, only on Local12.com. Now, here's Richard Skinner.
1: Welcome into this edition of the Skinny Podcast. It's the Potpourri edition, brought to you by <laughs> Joseph Infinity of Cincinnati. I'm Richard Skinner, Local12.com, digital sports columnist and editor, with Jed Musey Local12 anchor, reporter, and producer. As We're going to do a lot of topics on this edition of the podcast. Of course, the college basketball podcast, we're still doing twice a week with myself, Chad Rendell, and Rick Boring. We'll have another one of those coming up uh, in the next day or so as we record this on a Thursday morning. We're going to do the basketball one on Friday morning, and of course we'll come back with another one late Sunday night into early Monday morning. we got a lot to get to. Let, let's start uh, with the Reds, who probably by the time people are listening to this are getting set for spring training game number one, exhibition game number one, however you want to phrase it. And, and I'm actually in the process of writing a column on this too. I know there's still hand-wringing that you know, they didn't do anything in the offseason. How can a team that only won 68 games stand pat? I thought what they did in this offseason was fine because you're not ready to make a high priced free agent signing. I, I like their lineup, so it wasn't like you're going to bring somebody in to, yeah. to step into the lineup. And I like the fact in the bullpen, you got two veterans who, if you look at their recent numbers, are pretty good, and that bullpen has a chance to be a real strength. I, I, I do get that you see 68 wins and you want some dramatic sweeping change. I think what they did was fine.
0: Yeah, I think what they did was fine. I think you also have to consider that basically you're getting Anthony Desclafani and Brandon Finnegan as free agents because they didn't do much. If they can stay healthy and, and produce, the, the Reds aren't going to be a team that goes out and pays $140 million for Eric Hosmer. Right, and you can question whether or not the the Padres were one player away from, from uh, you know, were are they a team that that is in that position? I and mean, I can to also argue, guy, I can
1: also argue is that a stupid signing on their part because right, they're that's probably not. Yeah,
0: yeah, I don't think they are um, a player away. Are they going to go out and spend money on you, Darvish? You know, a lot of people look at what other teams have done in the division, particularly. You know, the, the, the Cardinals go and get Ozuna from the Marlins. The, the, uh, the Brewers get Yelich from the Marlins. They also go out and sign Lorenzo Cain. Um, you know, I don't know if I could name the, the uh, opening day rotation for the Brewers. I think they still have a lot of pitching issues. But this is a tough division, and you have to you have to ask yourself. But but they were arguably
1: last year. They're 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 closer than the Reds, coming off of either. right. I mean that. That's oh a, no, they are, definitely right. were. I
0: think they surprised some people and kind of fizzled down the stretch sure. a little bit. But they they certainly are closer. But I think they
1: feel like hey, we're only a couple of players away, and I'm not right. sure. I, I, the thing with the Reds, I'm not sure Jed that we know what you have. I like I said, I like the everyday eight. I like the everyday eight probably better if Jesse Winker's in the lineup more often than Billy Hamilton. I wrote a column based on, on Pakota predictions, which is a kind of an analytical prediction of what individual players will Former do. Former
0: point guard for the uh, Tar Heels? No. That was
1: Ed Cota. That was Ed Cota. Right. Bill Pakota <laughs> was a backup infielder back in the day, and that's who Pocota is named after. Um, and I think this team has a chance to score 800 runs, and if they can do that, and, and you're right, you get something from DeSclafani. Can I get 33 starts? I can't bank on that. Can I get something from Finnegan? Can I get 33 starts? I probably can't bank on that. But if you get something from either or or both, I think this pitching staff can hold teams to under 800 runs. Suddenly, you're now talking about a team based on run differential that's flirting with 500 or above. But I think you have to see some of that for another year before you can make those decisions. You want to see Luis Castillo. You want to see for a full season. You want to see maybe Tyler Molly for a full season. You want to see if Robert Stevenson turned the corner the way he pitched over those last eight starts last year. And I think all those things are are fair things to see before you suddenly go and make sweeping changes. Look, this team could come out of the gate and be awful, and maybe it is a 70-win team. I I, I think you have to see some more things first. And I'm not giving up top prospects to go get something in a trade, and I'm not signing Jake Arrieta for $70 million for three years. I'm just not doing it.
0: Well, and the other thing that, that people don't realize is that this stuff doesn't happen in a vacuum. Right. They're in a division where there are a, there's a clear-cut number one, a team that won a World Series two years ago in Chicago. They're a big money team, and they're going to go out and spend money, and they and they've done that this offseason with with you, Darvish, and the offseason isn't over. Who knows who may end up with them by the time the season starts? You've got Milwaukee who's making a push. You've got St. Louis who's who's spending that money now. And you can Pittsburgh's argue Pittsburgh's going the opposite way. Well, oh, Pittsburgh's going completely right. the opposite way, but but you can argue why weren't the Reds in on that? Why didn't the Reds take the momentum that they had, you know, close to a decade ago and and roll that and pay guys and do that, this, that, or the other thing. But when you look at it right now, what is going out and signing and spending money on somebody going to do in this division? Are you going to make a dent in the division by going out and signing someone? Just or to gi- do it. Or just to do it, or giving up a guy like Senzel, or giving up a guy like Taylor Trammell, or giving up a guy like Hunter Green before you even know what you've gotten him. I mean, that's what... That's what uh, what Arizona did, the Diamondbacks did with with Dansby Swanson. They drafted Swanson first overall, and they traded him before he even stepped on the facility for Shelby Miller. How'd that work out? Right. I mean, the, the Diamondbacks maybe are in a position to contend in the Nos. I would say, you know, if the Reds are in the American League Central behind the Indians, I would say, you know what, we've got a we we may want to take a chance on a free agent. We may want to go out and get a guy because if the, if the Indians have some injuries or whatever, the rest of that division is kind of. Really middle of the road, the Twins, you can say, are, are making some strides. But we've got a chance that if that top dog falls, we've got a chance to potentially make a run at, at maybe 500 wins of the division. That's not the case in the NL right. Central. And I don't I don't necessarily think that you have to go out and make those moves. I do like what they did in the bullpen. I, if for no other reason than I think Michael Lorenzen has an opportunity to start. They're going to have a lot of arms to choose from yes. for that rotation. Yes. A lot of arms. How about Amir Garrett? Right,
1: kind of a forgotten guy, and maybe rightfully so, but um, probably was brought up a little too early, didn't have any success. Well, I should say, had very limited success and then had some really bad hours on top of it. I think
0: the problem with him was they sent him down. I think he was he was kind of cruising and maybe was the Reds' best pitcher for the first month and a half. I think it, I think mentally it did something to him when the Reds maybe. sent him down in, in in an attempt to keep his service time manageable so they can keep him under control for longer. But you know, he's just one of those guys that last year burst onto the scene and now at this point, probably is is looking as an odd man out, unless he pitches his way into the right. rotation in mean, spring he, training. He looks like an odd man out, but it, you know, if if somehow they can get a glimpse of of what he was able to do, they've got options there. Um, what do they do with Senzel? Are they willing to to? I don't think he's going to break camp with this team, but you know, he hasn't no. spent more than sixty days at at any level. Right. Okay. He hasn't spent more than the 60 days at with Dayton or Pensacola last year with, with the blue Wahoos, he ended up missing the end of the year with vertigo. That team went on to win their, their championship at that level. But, but this is a guy who's coming and where he's going to be is, is, is going to be interesting because they've got a guy they like at third base, Eugenio Suarez, a guy who basically is in front of Senzel right now.
1: Right, but but you start to then have enough depth to start making some moves with guys. And that's the other part to this. Um, that's why I go back to, to the fact of what they didn't do this off season. I think was the right thing, is you aren't there yet. You still need to find out about some of these guys. And I know people are still frustrated with the last three years, well, last year really didn't occur, but the trade-offs. And if, if you look at some of those guys, how's Mike Leak doing? Would you sign him for the money he signed for? No. How's Johnny Cueto doing?
0: Cueto had a dreadful year. Right? Would you sign
1: year? him for the money that he was going to get? How's no. Todd Frazier working out?
0: I mean, he's 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 on his what now? His third team in since? two years. Yeah, yeah. Jay I, Bruce has been good.
1: Yeah, but I would tell you this: I looked at the numbers yesterday. Jay Bruce and Scott Schebler's OPS almost dead on the same. And I, yeah. I, I mean. So it's not like you've lost. Look, those guys helped you win. Okay, I'm not here to to crap on Todd Frazier or Johnny Cueto or Mike League or Jay Bruce. They helped you win. They helped you get to, to a playoff. Right. Okay, playoffs. Um, but at at the time the Reds made those moves, it was probably a year late. I mean, we should probably be a year ahead of of where you are. But I'm I'm actually kind of excited where they are and and what the future kind of holds. I'm looking forward to this season. Last couple, it was hard to look forward because the question marks were too big. The answers were were not forthcoming. I think you have some answers now, um, and a chance to at least, if one question mark doesn't pan out, there's another one to, to take that guy's place, and we'll see where it goes. Um, I'm I'm kind of I'm I'm not pumped for a playoff run, but I think this is a team that can make a run at 500. I think it scores 800 runs. I think it can allow less than 800. Whatever that differential becomes becomes this becomes an 81 to 85 win team, perhaps.
0: You know, Dick Williams is really sitting at the roulette table and just hoping that that where some he's he's put a lot of chips on the table. He's got different spot. He you know is Jesse Winker going to pan out? Is you know could where do all these puzzle pieces fit in? Can can Schebler be a more consistent guy? Can Scooter Jeanette be a? I mean, he had 100 RBIs last year, close to it. Can he be the type of guy who who has a resurgence? You know, kind of a, a mid career resurgence after the year he had last year. This this team I, I I caution Reds fans. I understand that, that this market cares you know, this is the first baseball town, the opening day parade. Um I get that baseball matters a lot here and you look at the team on the field and you say these guys in the front office don't care or this team isn't this team's got to go out and take some chances. I would caution you to to criticize the job that Dick Williams has done because I think number 1 he cares a ton about this team and this city because it's all he's ever known. And I don't think that he's that he's the type of guy that's just sort of you know, asleep on the train as it's leaving the station. I think he cares. I think he knows what's going on. I think maybe a guy they're looking at right now that the Tampa Bay Rays designated for assignment, Corey Dickerson, who was an all-star last year. I can guarantee you that Dick Williams has has made calls on that. I read an article the other day. Tim Lincecum was having a, a workout, and the Reds had a guy there. They're doing their due diligence and they're attempting to get this team back to where the fans will come out more and 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 be a, a franchise that people want to go see and take their family to and, and trying to build a winner on the Ohio River again.
1: All right, let's switch to the Bengals. Uh, AJ McCarron, uh, of course, won his his grievance with the with the NFL and with the Bengals actually to become a a restricted free agent. Um, Unrestricted Or unrestricted rather uh, As opposed to being a restricted free agent Which means he can negotiate The Bengals get nothing in return Other than depending on where he goes How much he plays All of those things They would get a compensatory pick uh, For him next season Maybe a third, fourth, fifth Again it depends on playing Most likely If he he starts for a team It would most likely be a third round pick Does it have
0: to do more with the salary that guy signs for or whether or not they play? Uh,
1: playing's part of it, too. Uh, okay. Playing's a big part of it, too.
0: Because I think Calais Campbell, the Arizona is getting the top. The, the, the NFL gives out 32 picks from rounds three to seven based on, on free, you unrestricted free agents that leave.
1: Versi- and versus free agents that you sign, as well. There's a differential there, too.
0: Okay, so I think, right, so I think Calais Campbell leaving Arizona and going to Jacksonville, signed for, I think, $15 million annually. I think Arizona's in line for the first— The first compensatory pick this coming year because of Campbell. So using that potentially as a barometer, if Adrian McCarron signs for north of fifteen million, which I think he will, no, not even close. We're we're no,
1: no, we're going to touch it. No, there's no, there's, there's a a very
0: limited market for it. I don't think he deserves it, but I think he will.
1: Who? Why would they?
0: What's he done? Why did somebody give Mike Glennon fifteen million? And
1: that was stupid. And I think everybody looks and goes, that was stupid. Everybody but the Bears realized that was stupid. Everybody but the Bears realize that. Was I think stupid. he's going to make more than.
0: I think he's going to make more than Andy Dalton.
1: Not a chance. Not a chance. There's not. A, <laughs> I've had this argument. With people, there's not a chance. AJ McCarron will be lucky if a team says you got a chance to be our starter. He'll make some money, but I it, just it, I just don't. It, there's I, no break. What's he done? I Mike Glennon had done more, believe I it or not. I
0: don't disagree with you, but what I'm saying is the landscape of the NFL. He's going to get paid, no? Because there's too Jimmy many. Jimmy Garoppolo is making 27 million dollars right, a year off could, of seven starts, right?
1: But but obviously they saw those seven starts, and that was enough. You haven't seen even close to that
0: from from AJ. McKenna. I'm not disagreeing that he hasn't proven it, but what I'm saying there's is, no is way that, he
1: will not. I'm just telling you right now he will not. It won't even come close. He will be, he will be fortunate when a team says you're coming in with a very good chance to be our starting quarterback. That, that's that's the best he can hope for, but and make a little you, bit of money off
0: but, of it. But what are you? Gonna, how are you going to compensate?
1: I mean, there are too many guys out there like him. Trevor Simeon, who's on the market, somebody <laughs> trades for him. He's AJ McCarron.
0: AJ McCarron's Trevor Simeon. I just I I don't understand. I mean, the the lowest paid starter in terms of annual value, who who isn't a rookie, who isn't on a rookie scale. Is is either Andy Dalton or Tyrod Taylor. I don't know off the top of my head, but it's it's close right there to 15 million. If you're gonna pay a guy to be a starter in the NFL, you can't pay him eight but, but million a year. Sure you can.
1: If if that's what the market says. If let's just say there's only two teams that want him. Say there's only two teams that really want him. There's no bidding war for there's not gonna be a bidding war for AJ McCarron. His best scenario is a team says we're giving you the opportunity to be a star.
0: Okay, so let's 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 say this. Okay, obviously the first chip to fall here this offseason is me, Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins sure. Okay, so let's say for 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 argument's sake that he goes to the to the Jets. Okay, let's say the Jets. I, when McCarron was named unrestricted, I I said on Twitter I think the the five I think there are five spots where he could step in and be the guy. The guy. Okay. Cleveland Buffalo assuming they don't bring back Tyrod Taylor but they don't like him anyway because they benched him last year the jets denver and arizona denver's not taking
1: AJ McCar. They they'll go groom their own again. They okay. they
0: would keep they would they would keep
1: Brock Osweiler and groom their own again is what they would
0: Okay, do. but those are the five Miami's are,
1: one too. Miami's it depends on, on Tan Hill. On depends on him. Okay, on so him you've coming, got you've got six health. teams. Maybe. So there's not going to be a bidding war? No. No, there's not. <laughs> he just he's he has proven nothing. I mean, honestly, there's one of those teams that may take Tyrod Taylor over
0: him. I That's mean, That's true.
1: Were, you know, all of a sudden, these guys start moving around. The chips start falling differently.
0: No. I think he's going to make more than $15 million. I, I, will, I will
1: almost make book on that. the fact that he won't. That he won't. All right, so another question is, what do the Bengals do at backup quarterback? That's the other part. Because if you do look at the free agent crop of quarterbacks, it is not very good. You do have Jeff Driscoll, who unfortunately broke his arm playing wide receiver the last week of practice, Mm -hmm. and uh, it's his non-throwing arm, but he still broke his arm, so he's coming back from that after breaking his hand-wrist area, the right one, the throwing one, in in the end of the preseason that forced him to miss the entire year. I know they like him enough because they've bothered to keep him on the 53-man roster uh, the last two seasons, um, as opposed to exposing him to other teams, so they like him that much. But you either have to bring a veteran in, or you're going to have to draft a kid just like you drafted AJ McCarron. And I don't know if that's a kid that automatically becomes your backup, or he becomes the third guy behind Driscoll, kind of like what McCarron was—the third guy behind Jason Campbell and Andy Dalton.
0: I think the question the Bengals have to ask themselves is: Are they attempting to replace AJ McCarron, or are they attempting to replace Andy Dalton? No,
1: they're trying to replace AJ McCarron.
0: But what I'm saying is, is that are they willing to make the investment down the road in to free bring agent a guy or in the draft? Either way, are they no. looking? Are they looking to say, "Hey, Andy Dalton"? You know, we like Andy Dalton, but we want a guy that can push Andy Dalton. No,
1: the, no, the, the, whoever they bring in will be a backup, period, okay. end of story. I
0: okay. think they should be looking. I think they should make an but investment. But there's nobody. Look, look look, at
1: the crop. No, no, there's no, but what nobody. I'm saying,
0: I'm, I'm not saying that there's a crop in terms of the free agency, but what I am saying is it's the difference between maybe spending a third-round pick as no, opposed no, I, to a fifth-round pick. I think pick. you
1: do that. I, I think right. you do that, but that's not somebody who's going to push Andy Dalton from day one. That's somebody in three years that— Maybe does that, and at that time there's a new coach that will probably be here anyway. So,
0: well, who knows? But right, but, coach for life. Marvin Lewis, coach for life. But what I'm saying is, is that are you are you bringing in a backup with the with the thought that? We want to groom this guy, or are you bringing in a backup to say we just want a guy? We just want a guy that we can trust, just in case something happens with Andy.
1: Yeah, no, I, I, I could see them spending as high as a third round pick on a quarterback. I, you know, I did a mock and draft if, recently. It, and, you know, it, Mike White from Western Kentucky, who's going up the charts, would be a because you do have Driscoll, and Driscoll technically, if he comes back healthy, right. will have the first crack at being. The main backup, despite the fact he's never thrown an NFL pass. And Let's not forget that's what AJ McCarron became after they let Jason Campbell walk in 2015. AJ McCarron became the number two quarterback by default, despite having never right. thrown a pass. And honestly, until he had a really good inner-squad scrimmage game that 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 not his rookie year, but the second year in 2015, I'll tell you what, Jed, there were a lot of question marks about whether he could even be an NFL quarterback whatsoever. Um, and to his credit, when he got a chance, he did enough, I mean, not enough to supplant Andy Dalton, not enough to prove that he's a full-time starter in this league, but he did enough to show that he was capable. I think that's where you're at now with Jeff Driscoll. He's been in the system for two years. This will be your number three. They believe in him enough. So then the decision is, do you get another veteran just to have a third quarterback, or do you draft somebody, as you mentioned, third, fourth, or fifth round? Maybe the fifth round isn't such a big reach. I mean, that's where they drafted McCarron, after all. Right. Um. That's a guy that you're looking... Um, You know, if he develops looking for the future. And if not, then you have to address the quarterback position in two or
0: three years. But I think depending depending on what the Bengals decide to do is going to be an indication of how they feel about Andy Dalton's future going forward. If they spend a higher pick, they're at least saying we've we've invested in this and we think we like Andy a lot. But but we are we're looking ahead. Yeah, three and, years and, and three years right. down
1: the road, he's an older guy too. I mean, at, at that right. stage, the guy's going to be a ten-year veteran, and, and and it is right. time to start looking ahead. Right. So, uh, but I don't think I think everybody assumes that that's a, a, that's a short-term look ahead. I, I'm talking in this league, three years is a long time. I'm talking right. about this is a three-year third year down the road look ahead is what right. you're going to do. You're and not I, drafting somebody in the first round. And and probably by the time you draft in the second round, there isn't a second round guy there. So then you're back to that third round, fourth round, fifth round group, and there's not a huge group there, but there is a group there.
0: Right. So I think they. I think the other part of this is in terms of free agent quarterbacks, is we've got to see how the situation in Minnesota pans out. Yeah, because they got three, and they may not. You know, there are rumors that they may be interested in Kirk Cousins, so they may not bring back any of those three: Case Keenum, Sam Bradford or, well, or then, Teddy Bridgewater. So
1: then that, that becomes a question. Case Keenum is obviously going to be higher on the pecking order and worth. I mean it costs more money than than uh than, than AJ McCarron will. Is Teddy right. is Teddy Bridgewater higher on the pecking order?
0: If you're a team uh I I don't I mm, I don't think he is just because of the injury. I I think it's I, suddenly I, here, now. Suddenly now,
1: now that you say that, though, suddenly now we start to get a little saturated with some of these. No, guys, I understand.
0: I understand that. I think based on the tape, Teddy Bridgewater's tape, he's a better. He's proven that he's a better. Well, quarterback. The injury,
1: the injury issue is a fair argument to make. The man. injury issue is
0: is what is he what some mop up
1: snaps against the Bengals. I mean, what that didn't even
0: the playing field. I, here's here's the thing. The Bengals in my opinion, the Bengals did a great job of keeping AJ McCarron an unknown. Yes. And they did it in the in the hopes that he would be restricted and they could slap a second round tender on him and that a team would get him. That didn't work yeah, out. Yeah, and
1: then one of two things. Either you can bring him back for a right. fair price, two million dollars, right, or you get a second round pick.
0: Right. So they they did a good job in in not tipping what what he's able to do. And I think because of that. He is going to be higher on the pecking order than he should be. Mm. People love unknowns more than knowns. Fans love unknowns more than fan, knowns. NFL fan?
1: NFL people like knowns way more than unknowns. I don't know if that's
0: true. There's sure, they always, do. Sure, they do. Because but there's and that's always why about, a team that's look, willing to take a risk.
1: I, I know that everybody wanted the opportunity for AJ McCarron to play here over Andy Dalton or push him. Look, folks, there's a reason why. If you don't think that they didn't, you don't think they don't want to win, and they're going to play the best player they think gives them the best chance to win. That's why Andy Dalton played over AJ McCarron. Period. End of story.
0: There's it only takes one front office. It, you're to be right stupid. about that. Part. It only takes one front office. Look what the Bears did last it, year. And, they paid Mike Glennon, and then they drafted Trubisky.
1: And you're right. It does only take one front office. Um, but I think you're starting to see more and more less dumb front offices than what you see in Chicago. They're dumb. They make dumb dumb
0: decisions that was dumb i mean that was just pure (laughs) dumb and that's all it takes and that you know all it takes is one guy to look at this and say hey you know i i I think the brown if the brown the browns obviously came close to trading for mccarron at the deadline who's they have more money to spend than anybody who's to say they don't throw 17 18 million they're the browns they're not smart
1: no, but they're going to be in position to draft the quarterback again. The, 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 you're not going to plug in probably right away. They would go either after somebody lesser or just roll the dice with Deshaun Kaiser until that next guy is ready. I mean, that's just what they're going to do. Right.
0: You would think. I mean, I mean you're it, not, would ma- you're it would not, make here's, sense here's, to do that. You're
1: not going to go spend a lot of money on a free agent starting quarterback. Have a guy that you just drafted in the first round last year Draft another guy this year And, and say, we'll wait four years down the road Because we're overpaying for this guy. It's not gonna, Now, can A.J. McCarron sign there if, if the market gets dry for $8 million? $10 million? Maybe I mean, suddenly now you're not breaking the bank At the, at the price you're talking about But I, I don't see it I just don't see it
0: I I think he's going to make more than Andy Dalton this coming year No way I just think he will No way I, I
1: will bet you a, a nice, <laughs> we, a ended nice up, we
0: ended up tying
1: on the teaser I know we
0: did A
1: nice... A nice twelve pack on that one.
0: I mean, you're reading what people are saying. This is. The, I, I'm not the only one saying this. I mean, other people are saying, anticipating that he's going to command. No way. Something in that. But you, are you seeing? I'm I, not. I don't. know. It's not going to happen. Okay. It just, it's, it, again, he's going to be fortunate that a
1: team will say you have a chance to be a starting quarterback for us. He is not. He is not a coveted commodity.
0: Okay, he's not I don't think he should be But I think he's going to, I think he's going I to wish get... him all
1: the best I hope he makes a good piece Of change out of this I don't think it'll be In that price range I just don't I think it'll be in a very Very reasonable price range Um, That'll be very team friendly I really do
0: Well I think it's You know the, Obviously it'll be I don't know if he's gonna get Guaranteed I don't I mean, know let's not forget, guaranteed money Dude was a be.
1: fifth round pick Right Fifth right? round That means there are a lot of teams Passed on him A lot of teams in the draft Started all of four NFL games And showed Eh Okay Nothing awful. Nothing great. That's it's not like suddenly this was a first round pick that's been bothered by injuries for a couple of years, and then it is five starts wowed people, and you went, Oh, that's the guy. I'm just Let's gonna get come
0: him. I'm just gonna come back and say Mike Glennon got fifteen million. There is the, that. The there, 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 there is there is that year. I saw
1: about a couple of, of of other unrestricted free agents the, the the Bengals um have, but may need to, to re sign. Let's start with, with Tyler Eifert. Where do you go with, with, with what, what do you do with him? Because I don't think he's, he's not getting multi-year big money.
0: No. Um, because of the injury history, not because right. of the talent level. Right. Well, he's so injury prone that, that the talent level is affected because he can't, sure. he can't be talented on the field because he keeps getting hurt. All right. If you're the Bengals, what, what do you do to
1: re-sign him? A year at a reasonable price with incentives. You know, I think think it's a win-win. I think it's
0: yeah. I think it's in Tyler's. uh, It it, it would benefit Tyler to sign a prove-it deal. Um, You know, I I don't know what his his camp may look at it and say we've we. Well, you're gonna
1: test the market, right? I mean,
0: yeah, you're gonna test the market. But I think if he thinks that he's confident that he can be the type of player that he was before he had this rash of injuries. I think it would make sense whether you sign with the Bengals or whether whoever you sign with to sign a one-year deal and get a, go out and prove it and then the next offseason you've got a chance to maybe cash in on a bigger lengthier contract yes. because I don't think that the money is going to be there if you are adamant that you're going to sign a multi-year deal You're going to leave money on the table, and I think that may be an indication if you see him sign a deal that's multiple years, you may look at it and say, this guy's trying to get what he can while he can because he doesn't know how much longer he's going to be able to get NFL money. So I think it would make sense for him to sign a one-year deal, a prove-it deal, get out on the field, whether it's with the Bengals or otherwise. And I think if he's he's of that mindset that I still have – another seven years in the league and I could potentially play this year and prove that I'm worth X amount of dollars, I, I, I think yeah. it's beneficial for the Bengals to bring him back.
1: And I think it's beneficial for him to do a contract along those lines too on top of it and a system that you already right. know. Um, yeah, I, I think that would be a, a very prudent decision. You
0: know, the, the question is, does he, and you may have a better indication of this than I do, is there any sort of lingering bad blood there based on the was was he misdiagnosed at any point in time no. the medical staff was he no. concerned with no okay. no
1: i mean the, the whole thing with with the the injury from the pro bowl um you know was was him on his own trying to heal before surgery and then this is just again he just he's had back issues before he had back issues in college it, it you know and that's the other part is is how healthy can he be even coming back that's the other part that we don't know can he even play i mean can he even play can he even clear medical right so yeah. The other one is, is Russell Bodine. A mm. couple good centers early in the draft, at least early second round in the draft. Billy Price from Ohio State. Frank Ragno from... from uh, Price will for, be a first round From Arkansas. Maybe. Maybe late, but maybe... or uh, Most of them I've seen it could be early second, and, okay. and he could be in the Bengals' ballpark. Really?
0: You think he's going to fall that far to the second round? Last few mocks I've done and looked oh, at. Oh, I tell you what. If the Bengals think that Price is going to be there, Bodine is on the next midnight right. train to Georgia. Yeah. I don't think that he's going to be there. What is it, 47? That would be... 46? Yeah, 45 or 46, something like that. In the <sighs> I, I mean, that would be a roll of the dice... I think if you can get Billy Price with that second round pick, you've got to jump. Yeah, at you it.
1: you may not. I mean, by, by, right. But there is other. There are a couple other centers out there. Um, right. Ragno's one of them um, from Arkansas that could be around. Right. And, and and you know, on the free agent market, there's a couple of centers possibly too
0: that you could you could go after. Yeah, I don't see. I they, mean, they like.
1: They, I tell you what, they like him more than most. I'm just telling you, the Bengals. Like, yeah,
0: they like him. Well, I mean, they traded up to get him, right? <laughs> they think that he's
1: 64 star. I mean, he's he's yeah. been a, he's been a, a kind of an Iron Man starter.
0: Uh,
1: <laughs> the pro football focus numbers Don't and rate him very Iron well Iron
0: Man starter Russell Bodine um, You know whether or not They bring back Russell Bodine Or not This team right now As it stands Is committing 15 million dollars To the offensive line mm-hmm. That's 31st in the league You know the number one team is Committing the most money 26% of their cap Philadelphia Eagles I was going to say the Eagles Yeah The Eagles they won the Super Bowl. Yes. Okay. Now, the Patriots are last because a couple of guys are coming off the books. Nate Solder, Nate Solder's number one. Number, yeah. um, they've got a couple other guys who are coming off the books. So, they're pretty low, too. So, you could look at that and say, "Oh, well, the, the Patriots are low. But the Bengals are paying 10 guys a grand total of $15 million. Well, and
1: in fairness, two of those guys that were cornerstone guys. Actually, well, Bodine, or Bodine was two, Three of those guys were still under rookie contract deals. Abwehi, Fisher, and Bodine just ended his rookie contract right. circumstance. So, that... That fluctuates a little of those numbers, and you let Witt walk, and you let Zeitler walk, and, sure. and those, were, those were big numbers. But, but I I, your point's well taken. I know my, what you're saying.
0: My point is, is that you've got to start spending some money on this offensive line. You have to start spending some money. I, I don't think signing Russell Bodine is, is the money that—because that, if you sign Bodine, you, know, you, you can call him an Ironman or whatever, he's not going to break the bank. Whatever you sign him for, if you like him, great. Okay, yeah, fine. Yeah, it's not a bit, it's what, not a huge bidding war. What else are you planning on doing on the offensive line? I I think and that's a great question because, because you got to spend some cash here d- because you have guys that you don't like right, let, or you shouldn't like.
1: Let's say this: you're going to get a choice of one of the good tackles at twelve. There's like there's four okay. of them. You're getting a choice of one of them. Maybe not your highest guy, but you may have them bunch like a lot of yeah. People you're, do. So there's just, there's
0: going to be a guy there. Yeah,
1: Orlando Brown, Mike McGlinchey, Colton Miller. I mean, there, there's 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 a right. there, there's a chunk of guys at, at that spot. Right. So let's just say you made the determination we're getting a quality tackle, and that's what we're going to take. They still, right or wrong, have a belief in Fisher and a boy, to some degree. All right, I'm just whether people believe they there's still a small belief there. Right, so you've drafted a tackle. You have Bowling that showed he could play tackle. And when he didn't, you had two guards that played that showed that, oh my. So now you've got four guards in Bowling, so We're talking about Hopkins. how many
0: games did Westerman prove I'm with
1: he could you. play? I I'm not telling you. I, I, I believe it. I'm just giving you. I'm, I'm trying to put you in. Everybody, when I do this, people people think that this is my opinion of it. Right, I'm right, giving right. you the Bengals. Right, stance on this. right, right, right. They're going to believe they have four guards. Hopkins, Bowling, Redmond, Westerman. All right? Center position, however you take care of it, whether it's through free agency, through Russell Bodine, through the draft. You've drafted then if you take McGlinchey with the 12th pick, you will have a, have him as probably a plug and play left tackle with Bowling who showed he could maybe flip out there if things don't go well. You're still testing a boy, they believe Fisher at right tackle. They signed the, the the knucklehead from the Giants, Hart, who I'm not sure I oh fully fully appreciate, but he's a depth guy. I don't think they do much more if if they're if they're dead set on drafting a tackle at 12. I'm not sure what else they do in free agency, if anything, on the offensive line, unless Bodine walks and they have to fill it with a center, and they don't know if they can fill it through the draft.
0: Good teams spend money on offensive lines. I don't disagree. Good teams but spend money of that, on offensive lines. But some lines. of that
1: is is when your young guys start to pan out, you start to pay them. And they did that with Witt up to a point, and then they, they took a bad swing and miss. Zeitler got to a point where it was stupid money to pay him. I know people don't. It was stupid money. I mean, how did he do in Cleveland? Did he did he make them any better?
0: No, he didn't. He. I mean, and I like him. Kevin's a, Kevin's, Kevin's a good player. And but, a lot of people too are looking at, oh, hey, maybe we bring back the Anderson guy, Andrew Norwell. Well, he's going to get a he's going to get a deal commensurate with what Zeitler got. Correct. So I, I would hold off on yes, that. Yes, fans, because agreed. if they were willing to pay close to twelve million a year for a guard, they would have paid Zeitler. Correct. And they didn't. So I I don't I don't know. If, and again, I don't know if anybody should about be they lining have four up. Four guards they believe in. Right. And I don't know if anybody should line up at CVG for for the Andrew Norwell homecoming because he's going to he's going to be the top guard on the market. Um, You know, looking. I don't disagree with what you're saying, but but what I will say is at some point. You would think it would be beneficial for an NFL team such as the Bengals to get to take a few more question marks off the table. If you, you're you're what what you basically said right there, and I'm not saying this is your opinion that, that that this is what they should do is, you're counting on you're counting on Mike McGlinchey to come in.
1: I would hope with a, with a, a guy you're taking that high that you believe he's a plug and play guy.
0: Okay, well they've taken guys before high, and this is not where we've ended up. Not that. Oh boy, he. Boy he
1: was twenty sixth, twenty fifth. We're not talking high. We're talking. We're talking. You have your choice of pro- Andre you may have- Smith. Ronan Smith out fine. Ronan Smith started on five playoff teams. I'll take that. You give me that guy every day of the week. Five playoff teams he started for. I'll take that. I think the big part is you have to pay your guys as they're coming through. I, I don't think you just because you pay for somebody from the outside doesn't mean he's going to be any better. And I hate to tell people this. Carlos Dunlap's coming up. Geno Atkins is coming up. Some of that money's going to have to go towards them if you want to get them re-signed down the road.
0: That's true. That's I mean, true.
1: So suddenly you're looking at not just this year and what the cap space says, it's what the cap space is going to show you moving forward with guys you need to take care of on the other side of the ball to where, look, if you take a McGlinchey at 12 and you believe he's a plug-and-play guy and you see all that depth at guard and you have two other tackles and you just trade it for one, you may not touch the offensive line other than the draft. Maybe take another guy, you know, a mid-round guard, mid-round center, whatever, mid-round tackle um, because you're going to get... You are going to get some. You're going to probably get a third round comp pick for uh, for Whitworth. You're probably going to get a fifth round comp pick for Zeitler. You got a chance for a couple seventh round comp picks for Burkhead and and Marcus Hunt. Right. So you're you're going to have some extra picks in there um, to add some depth on on top of it. I just I don't see them making making a major move in free agency. I think the heart the heart signing kind of reflected that. Of all right, this is the baby step we're taking. Baby step one to add a little depth, and then the next step is at twelve we're taking a plug and play tackle.
0: So then we go back to Marvin Lewis's press conference where he announced that he signed a two-year deal where he said that we're going to be more active in free agency. More active looking. Doesn't mean more active. signing. So mean more active looking. <laughs> and I think there's a
1: two-way street there. And, and look, hey, I'm doing, you need help at linebacker. I mean, you, you probably right. need to go sign a middle linebacker. You're letting Kevin Minter walk, and rightfully so. Um, whether it's through the draft or through free agency, you need... You need help there. You you need help at safety, perhaps. So there, there's some other spots you could use some help. Um, it, it Even if – I think his whole thing is – and I think that was more steered towards the Whitworth comment. I think he was so mad that they didn't make an honest effort to re-sign Andrew Whitworth. I think that's the part he's talking about. Not going and looking for others, keeping our own. Keep our own that we have targeted that we want to keep as our own guys.
0: So you don't think if they if if they hold Pat, which you think sounds – Sounds to me like you think they're going to do. You don't think that flies in the face of what Marvin said? I don't.
1: I think his, I think, I think it would fly in the face if he believes Geno Atkins needs to get re-signed and Carlos Dunlap needs to get re-signed and they don't re-sign them. I think that's what he's talking about. I really think that's what he's talking about. Because I think he's a true believer in drafting, developing his own guys. I truly believe that. That, that's, I think that's as much his mantra as anybody else's, but it's, when we got a guy that we need, we need to get him re-signed. And I think Witt was a guy that he targeted. We got to re-sign him, and they didn't, and they paid for it.
0: Well, I, to me, when he when he came out and said that they were going to make a good faith effort, or I, I don't know, I'm I'm paraphrasing, but it sounded like they were going to be more active in free agency. And you can argue whether or not signing free agents is big money, free agents is is, is beneficial or not. I, I think this team has proven that they like to draft and develop. But it sounded to me like there was at least going to be, and maybe you're saying they're going to look more actively instead, and that doesn't necessarily translate into signing people more aggressively. But I think Bengals fans are anticipating a bit of a sea change as it it comes to player personnel.
1: I I would not do it. I would not anticipate that. I I just would not. Okay. So there's that. All right. uh, Have you watched the Olympics much? Uh, a little. I'm more of a summer Olympic guy. Yeah, I'm not a big winter Olympic guy either. Um, I, 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 I do like I like downhill skiing for whatever reason. I do like the hockey. Yeah, a, and and unfortunately the men's hockey team was was terrible, but the women winning goal was pretty cool.
0: Yeah, the women and, winning in a shootout. And, was and awesome.
1: I'm I live in a household of all females. I have there's no other. I have we have two female dogs. I have daughters. <laughs> I have wife. It's a household <laughs> of females. So. Obviously, when skating is on, they're watching, and it gives me right. it gives me the chance to make fun of. It. Like, d- dude fell, and somehow I think it was in pairs. Or, uh, who knows? I whatever it was. Dude fell, and somehow they win gold. I, I don't. That, I can't <laughs> stand subjective sports. I can the, the subjectivity of it. I cannot stand. Give me a clock. Give me you're competing head to head with somebody or something give me a scoreboard give me anything other than subjectivity
0: yeah a lot of people there are there there's a group of people that say if a sport has to be judged it's not a sport yeah, right It's a contest that I don't need to watch, and I'm not going to watch. (laughs) A lot of people say, well, what about boxing? That's a little different, because in boxing, you You, have the opportunity. You have the opportunity to try to knock somebody out. Right. You have the opportunity to take it out of the judge's hands. That is correct. Um, You know, to me, and I wrote about this in the uh, Wednesday wraparound column, I'll watch here and there. uh, You know, I'll pop in and out of it. Um, You know, I think it's just... uh, I, I honestly cannot believe how low the Americans are on the medal count. No, they're creeping up. They're fifth now. They're, f- they're Creeping up is, means they're well, fifth? Well, they're, they're
1: fifth, but they're four medals out of second. So okay. So they close. We've never had... USA's had... You know the, the only time they ever had the most medals in, in, the, the in the winter? Yeah.
0: Salt Lake? No. It wasn't Salt Lake? No. See, I don't pay enough attention to the winter. 1932. <laughs> Seriously. All right. Here's what we need to start doing then. Vermont, you're no longer a state. We're walling it off, and people are practicing snowboarding. I mean, in
1: this country, how many people <laughs> really participate in winter type sports?
0: Yeah, very few, right? Yeah, and and a lot of the a lot of the events that were. I mean, and that's we, why I have
1: a hard time. I don't. I don't ski. I right. I, I I don't luge. I don't curl. I don't skate. Right. I mean, I can skate. I don't. Right. I I don't do any of those. I'm not a big hockey fan. Although, obviously, in this country, you have enough. And if the if right. the men's team had done well then i probably would have uh, would have watched a little bit more but no none of it really appeals to me and plus most of the stuff's over by the time we're watching it half the time
0: yeah that's true and we've won a lot of gold medals in events we've created in the last 5 correct. years correct correct i mean th- th- we we just i think they said that the the female uh, americans just just for the first time won a cross country Skiing metal And it was It ended up being gold so, a lot of these events, you're See, right, we're not is, very pro- good at. The problem
1: is in this country, you can't ski across the country. That's the big problem because there's too many warm <laughs> weather states at times. So, there you go.
0: But, I mean, and, and Nick Gepper won silver yeah, in, and he's in, a, yeah, in an event that didn't exist. Correct. You know, correct.
1: 15, 20 years ago. I just. And I in the extreme sports stuff, I can't. I mean, I half pipe and I, I just I can't, <laughs> I can't watch it. I just can't. I mean, I don't watch the X Games, right? Yeah. I, I mean, not a lot of people do. Those of you that do, good for you. Thats what turn, but the vast majority of people don't. It's, this is still a football, basketball, baseball, soccer's coming country. I mean, that's what we are. We're, we're for the most part, those sports are the main sports.
0: I just, the other thing I don't understand about the winter sports is, why are there so many instances of the same thing? Like imagine if uh, you know there's there's a two man luge right there's a there, single a, there's a single luge and now you're not going down feet first you're going down head first so that's a skeleton I like it so you got different okay th- that's fine but imagine if there was you know in the summer Olympics if there was okay there's five on five basketball now three there's on, three on three horse now there's one on one now there's, there's horse why are there so many different derivations of the exact same thing. Do we need all of those different things?
1: Apparently, to make a full-fledged two-week, three-weeks worth of Olympic games? I mean,
0: Johnny's out on the luge and he's going feet first, and there's a coach standing there saying, you know what, I think you you need to go down head first. And we'll
1: call it something
0: different. You, You know, you're kind of a bronze guy. Right now, going down feet first, yeah. really think you'd be a gold medal guy going down head first. We, you know, if there was ever a head first thing you could go you're down, who you would be the guy? I mean, you, I'll you, do it. <laughs> just, I, I just, I, a lot of these sports. You just don't. Care it's hard about... To
1: to. It's just hard to relate to
0: for a lot of. The they just don't come out, and I'm not saying that these athletes should be should be any less proud. No, of. I absolutely. Mean, if, you, if you train for four years and you win a gold medal, you win any medal. Absolutely. You make, the, you make an Olympic team. You're you're far better an athlete than me by uh, by a, a margin times a billion. It, it's just
1: hard for a lot of the country to relate to. It just is. Yeah, it really and truly is. All right, two two final things here, both basketball related. Louisville's having its uh, 2013 national championship. Uh, trophy and banner taken down and, and vacated it, is that a good punishment? no, what is a good punishment? And, and I hear I your, don't know I hear your answer to that because because that's an easy automatic answer of no, but i'm I'm not so sure it's not. I know you're looking and going well how do you punish those those players? you know what they played for your school and you screwed up you broke the rules, and everybody pays and that's the best way we can try to make you pay. I don't know what other just Punishment you can hand out because it's always well. It's not these kids' fault. Well, you know what? Sorry, you you bet that, that's where you I mean, went. It's,
0: it's the whole idea of you. rather if, if
1: the company you worked for worked for commits SEC violations, has to declare bankruptcy. Do you look and go, wait, I didn't do that. You know what? No, you didn't. But tough, that's it's your company,
0: right? I think it goes back to the whole thing. You'd rather ask forgiveness than permission. I just don't know if there is a good punishment because no one. Is going to say if you if you're sitting at a bar in five years and you say oh who won that 2013 national title you're going to say Louisville because you saw it happen you cannot retroactively no, punish Ke-
1: Kevin Ware tweeted a, yeah. uh, was it a picture or at least something yeah. about it. I got a picture of my fat ass ring
0: yeah and his leg still broke right I mean right. that still happened all of this right. stuff That's still a, ha- yeah yeah, that,
1: yeah yeah don't turn the clock back on all that part.
0: of this stuff still happens so I don't think that there is a good punishment. Really, I don't think that you can look and say, "Oh, we're going to take the banner down." Everyone remembers Michigan isn't going to have. You know, it's funny that Michigan would been right, the beneficiary right. of this after all the problems that they've had in the past. But Michigan isn't going to hang a banner. Correct. Uh, UC, isn't UC gonna, is going to uh,
1: hang a American banner or Biggie or whatever it was.
0: Yeah, I, I, I can't keep track. But the, here's here's the part to me that that I think uh, I think we're getting very. I think we're getting closer and closer. To th- this precipice, and that is, the NCAA has got to go. I-, I don't know how. I don't know how or why or whatever. Well, okay. But the, the, the way that they hand out punishment is so freaking arbitrary; it's unbelievable. Well,
1: it is. But I'm not going to blame the, the organization. I know everybody does that. I'll blame university presidents first because the NCAA is member institutions. That's what I right. mean. That, that's who the, the NCAA isn't right. some all of a sudden entity that that. Was created on its own and says we're going to oversee college athletics. It was designed to oversee college athletics by the schools themselves. Right. This buck stops with university presidents. Is who it starts.
0: Okay, with. But, but okay, but let's t- okay, but let's move away from Louisville and let's let's look at Notre Dame for a second. Okay, Notre Dame self-reported academic violations in 2014 that had to do with a tutor. Coming forward and saying yes, I ended up doing a lot of the work that these players did, and they they self-reported that. Yeah, the, Notre Dame just lost their appeal to uh, uh, reverse that. The NCAA has now vacated wins from the, the 2012 season, where they went undefeated in the regular season, ended up losing to Alabama in the national title game, and the 2013 season. So now all those wins that Manti Te'o got for Lene Kukua are are gone. R.I.P. Lene fake girlfriend fake wins North Carolina has not been made to take down their 2005 national championship banner and their academic fraud is so rampant and so unreported how do you when you just look at those two cases how what? can you tell me that self-reported violations from from Notre Dame bears a bigger penalty than North Carolina well falling asleep at the wheel, not reporting anything, and the NCAA doesn't do anything about it. Well, I mean, the explanation
1: is very complicated, but, but the part I will say is this. I don't think the NCAA should be in the um, academic enforcement business. I think that should be up to member institutions themselves and if they want to So
0: why are they vacating wins from Notre Dame? Uh,
1: they probably shouldn't. I'm not I'm not disagreeing with that part of it. Um I, I the only thing I would tell you is I don't know what the solution is other than the university. If I'm if, but if I'm Notre Dame's president in this case, I swallow hard and say, "Yep, you know what? We we self reported them. We did them and we'll suck it up and take take the and we'll vacate the wins. Period end of story."
0: But they appealed it.
1: I, I know it. I, but I, but I think in that case if if you want to really prove what you're really about as an institution, you suck it up and take the punishment. That's what you do you say, "You know what? <laughs> That, this is what we're here for, but th- the problem is university presidents are so weak need when it comes to athletics that they let it
0: override everything.
1: But and the, that's where if you want to do it with the NCAA, then who enforces anything?
0: But you know it would, be, it would be but here's the thing. it would be nice if nobody sped on the interstate. It would be nice if if, Correct. if, if nobody, be, but, but if nobody robbed banks, but you' whole you're caught,
1: point. but if you're caught. If you're caught...
0: There needs to be a governing body that hands out punishment correct. equally correct? And, and doesn't and doesn't say, okay, Notre Dame, we're going to treat you a certain way and we're going to treat North Carolina a, a certain way. The, I understand that every member institution and every president should be altruistic and, and put themselves up and self-report and do all that. That doesn't happen. That's why the NCAA is in place. The problem is the NCAA has... There's no rhyme or reason to how they enforce the stuff.
1: Well, and they're also from an enforcement standpoint... They're Hamstrung with things That they're allowed to do And not allowed to do uh, That's why the whole FBI thing Has worked out well Because the FBI Can go get subpoenas They got subpoena power Right NCAA You can just say I'm, I am ain't talking to you I'm shutting up So what's the point of it What's the point of the NCAA it, it, If they if, It's a legitimate question But <laughs> but at the end of the day Unless university presidents Come up with some level Of, of policing I each other I think we're getting
0: there I think we're getting there Because the NCAA To me Is, is so inconsistent it's getting to a point where these, where at least these Power Five conferences are going to say, are going to look around and they're going to say, you know what? I don't see the point in this without major overhaul to the way this system is is presented. Fair. I I just don't see how the NCAA can continually, if, if somebody again, in Notre Dame, North Carolina aside, if somebody did something tomorrow at Cincinnati and somebody at Xavier did the exact same thing. You could not tell me with any certainty how either one was going no to be doubt. punished. No doubt. And that's a
1: problem. It probably is. I just I, I i don't see doing away with the NCAA as being the right decision. Maybe even universities maybe need to, to throw more money at putting a, uh, a, a better investigative arm together.
0: Uh, Honestly. But schools aren't going to do that. No, they're and not. That's, and that's why they need a governing body. But the way this governing body is is behaving and I don't acting, know if you have a
1: better answer. I just if, I, I think
0: the better I'm not saying do away with the I'm not saying do away with it completely. But I'm saying the way it is currently structured and the decisions that the NCAA makes, uh, the, the, the clock is ticking on that model being
1: one final thing um, I do want to touch on, and I'll, I'll get your opinion. We'll, of course, have our college basketball podcast with Chad Brennan and Rick Brewing coming up, but uh, just, just a, a, a kind of a stock market assessment. Xavier, buy or sell right now? Oh, I'm going to sell. You're selling Xavier?
0: Yeah. Why? Well, how much better can – I mean, they're tied for – I mean, what's the point – like, uh, buy, buy sell in terms uh, of what? Of, of where they're going to go in the postseason. I, I, I mean, to me – In terms of, if we're talking stock market, I don't think their stock is going to be much higher. Okay. All right. Fair enough. So I think I would sell based on on the fact that... I mean, they're a one seed right now. They are. How much better can they be?
1: All right. You're going to get more for your stock if they win a national championship. More for your stock if they go to the final four.
0: uh, I think they've got a legitimate chance to go to the final four. Okay, I'm not going to get bogged down in the the buy-sell, but... um, Maybe I'm reading more into that than you want me to. I think that they've got an opportunity to go to the Final Four. I think that this team is, is you know, they, they have a hard time playing defense. But I think this team offensively can beat you in so many ways. I mean, you look last night or you look uh, Wednesday yep. night yep. At, at the Georgetown win. Trayvon Blewett can't make a shot. Two points. But you had J.P. McCura scored 20. He scored 10 consecutive points for Xavier in a 90-second span. Yep. Najee Marshall. Najee Marshall had 21. Quentin Gooden looked, looked like an Edmund Sumner-type deal, injury, and then he comes back in, in the second half and scores you know, a career-high 19 points. So I think when you have guys that can – you've got a guy who, who is knocking on the door of a, of a first-team All-American, but then you've got three other guys that on any given night can go for 19 or more I think I think they need to figure out a way, and this was the question last year. And they got it in the they got it in the in the tournament. They need some more production from their front court. Uh, Kaiser Gates needs to give them more. But I think that uh, I think that this team's got a legitimate chance to make a Final Four.
1: All right, based on on your assessment, then you see buy or sell. They're on that bubble. They're 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 on the they're the they're the tough stock, stock call.
0: Yeah, they are. They are really. It's they they're the type of team it's um it's funny how this year the narrative was this 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 team offensively is going to is going to be something that you've never seen it's going to be something that Mick Cronin – is going to the be pace. The off push the pace that kind of thing and it's funny how we've regressed back into this is a defensive team that has that has a hard time scoring when they need to uh you know, I heard your pod. We had Chad on on Sunday night, and I heard your podcast with him on Sunday as well. And, and I understand what he was saying, but I still think the Kane Broom situation is 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 if I was if I were a UC fan, I, w- I would think that that situation is maddening to me because he goes from playing six minutes one night on the road against Houston to, go, to playing twenty eight minutes and, and keeping them in the game against Wichita State. I know it's about matchups and this and that and the other thing. But honestly, I think I thought that that kane Broom situation would have been figured out by now. And it's not even close. It's
1: not. No, it's not even close. Lastly, Kentucky buy or sell because they're <laughs> they put together two pretty good games in a row, but we've also seen really
0: weird stretches. Yeah, you know I'm buying them if they're a six seed. Okay, I'm buying them if they're a six seed. I think. Uh, what was it? Who did they beat this weekend? Arkansas, oh, Alabama, beat Alabama. Alabama, and then followed up with a the win at they looked, Beat two NCAA tournament teams, right? They looked. You know, Cal has has been has been beating the drum in the media saying this team doesn't pass the ball, this team isn't willing to share the ball, and you know we're trying to play hero ball, we're trying to do this and that. I think you saw more of a a selfless game from them against against Alabama. I think if they can carry that over. Uh, I think they have an opportunity. It, I think they have an opportunity to win to win the SEC tournament. I think they could go into the tournament with a lot of momentum. Um, I'm not sold on Auburn. I think that they are. I think that they are a poor man's Villanova. They rely way too much on the outside shooting, and when they're hot, when they're making shots, they're really good. But th- this team doesn't really. This team doesn't have a lot of size. Their, and they lost their big man to injury. Right. They lost their big man to, to a very gruesome injury. Um, but even before that, they're, they were relying a lot on a lot on the deep balls. But I, I will say that the one thing about Auburn is that every time they lose, it's one win they don't have to vacate in five years when Bruce Pearl gets <laughs> found out. <laughs> so, I mean, it's really a and that's win that's what win. you're going
1: to find out is they don't have to vacate any wins. Right. All
0: it's, it's a win if they win, but it's also a win if they lose because that's one win they don't have to vacate like in, in five years for Bruce Pearl. I so. like it. All right, anything else you want to touch on? No, I don't think so. All right. I think pre- we're
1: good. Good deal. I appreciate it. Uh, don't forget our college basketball podcast twice a week. Chad Brendel, Rick Brewing from Bearcat Journal, Musketeer Report, respectively, will join me. Uh, we're back uh, probably the day after you listen to this. We'll be back with a podcast. Of course, we're always back on the weekend with a Sunday evening slash Monday morning for your commute podcast as well. For Judd Musi, I'm Richard Skinner. Thanks for being with us on this edition of the Skinny Podcast, the Popery Edition, brought to you by Joseph Infinity of Cincinnati.